When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go! Hello everybody, welcome to the live Lightning Round Podcast Q&A. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to get the questions up in the comments and we'll we'll get right into it. Jamie, how are you feeling today? No game, no stress. No game, no stress, but I got to watch Gracie play two great games today. Got to enjoy a softball Sunday without having to hustle back to watch the game. So overall, it was a good, a good, good Sunday. Yeah, I got to carve some pumpkins. It was nice to have my Sunday free and not have to sit down and <laughs> and sink myself into a Charger game. Yeah, it was nice. Manny, what's up? Good to see you. Thanks for joining. What's good, fam? What's up, guys? Everybody, feel free. So we're just gonna go live Q and A. Uh, ask us any questions you guys want about football or otherwise we'll we'll answer as many as we can and um just so you know coming up this week we are going to do a basically a trade day uh, trade deadline podcast where we're going to talk about uh, some guys that the guy the charger should target some guys that are definitely gettable not this pie in the sky type ideas that are floating around right now uh, but some guys that could help the chargers and that could upgrade them right away and some trades that seem realistic so Jamie and I are going to do that soon so um so just so you know, if there's, I'm sure there's going to be a ton of trade questions. I'm sure we'll get to some of them, but we'll get in depth with that very, very soon. It's going to come out this week for sure. 
Yeah, and Manny, no uh no analysis for the last game. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Not this time. Oh, we did the after hours, so you got that analysis, but we didn't do the uh second podcast this week. Had a lot going on. Uh what's up? Corey Griffin. Saying hi from Phoenix. And here we go. First question here. MK Adams 99, who I've seen in the chat before. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, did the Chargers make us make a mistake by cutting Casey Hayward? He is currently the number one rated cornerback according to PFF and was healthy, unlike Chris Harris Jr. I mean, Hayward's playing well, but he's also playing in a cover three heavy scheme, uh, which is not something the Chargers really employ anymore. So I think being that the Chargers are trying to, I think, play a little bit more man outside and challenge their corners to be on an island a little bit more. I think maybe Casey just wasn't a fit for what they wanted to do. And to be honest, Casey was banged up last year. He's been slowing down for the last couple of years, or at least appeared to be. Uh, did not think he played well last year at all. Uh, looked really slow in particular. Was having a hard time with the deep ball. So I think you can kind of hide him in his own scheme. I'm not sure you can hide him in a man scheme. Uh, and I'm just not sure he was a scheme fit anymore. So sounds like he landed in a good spot for himself and he's having a bit of a resurgence. But uh, based on what we saw last year, I would say they, you know, they made the choice they had to make. Yeah, no, it was the right choice. They ha they had to get rid of them. Um, yeah, like you're talking about the long speed. I mean, completely vanished. That last year with the Chargers, he looked washed. He was nowhere near the top five corner we saw when they first signed him, and he was amazing. Not to take anything away from him, but in this stage of his career, no, there's no mistake making uh, made by getting rid of him at that point because he just wasn't doing the chargers any favors. He was getting beat deep a lot. And you know, uh, Michael Davis had an incredible year. They ended up drafting Asante Samuel. They had a cornerback in mind in the draft. So, I mean, they had, they had the right to fill it. And I know Chris Harris jr. Wasn't healthy and he looks not great right now. And the secondary has kind of taken a dip here in the last couple of games, but no, I don't think it was a mistake cutting uh, Casey Hayward. I understand that he's number one in PFF. Uh, it's early in the season. And I think, once team find out about him, I, I don't think it'll be that hard to pick on him because uh, he was he was a problem when left one on one last year with the Chargers. For uh, sure, yeah, there were a lot of business decisions in the running game with him last year too, making oh. some decisions not to make tackles and things like that. So, uh -huh. yeah, I, I just think it was time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sat Bihau with the how the Patriots rush today. Are you worried about the Chargers going? Uh, are going to get annihilated on the ground again next week. I think that's going to be a problem every week, no matter who they're looking at. Yeah, especially if they don't make any changes on that defensive line. I know they're getting Justin Jones back, but they need more able bodies on that defensive line. They need more talent in general. And uh, everybody's going to be looking to run the ball on them. I think, you know, with the Ravens, they have a really good offensive line and their running scheme is a little different from what most teams run. Um in the NFL. So I think, you know, do the, do the, do the Patriots have a line like the Ravens? Probably not. Are they going to be able to run the ball like the Ravens did? I don't know, but I think they're going to struggle to, to stop the run in general, uh, just based on what we've seen the first six weeks of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the big issue was the big splash plays. They're trying to get rid of it. They did it early on when they went on the win streak, uh, getting rid of that explosive plays, but the giving up a, 100 yard to rush around the ground is a thing that's very possible every week if they don't make any changes. Uh, even with Justin Jones back, I'll add. Uh, I just want to give a shout out here. Especially with Justin Jones back? Oh, I'm saying, sorry. no, it's not going to help. I'm saying, even yeah, with Justin no, Jones know. back, it's not, it's not going to help. 
uh man 1 a.m in hungary what's up man uh i decided to stay with you appreciate it how much do you think staley can take over the personnel decisions in the future like who to pick in free agency draft trade and so on uh I, that will be, I think that'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye on moving forward. Um, it looks like he was allowed to make the decision on the kick returner position this week, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a few minutes. Uh, but it seemed like, um, you know, KJ Hill was kind of being forced on him in camp and they gave it six weeks, decided it wasn't working and they, they allowed him to go out and find somebody else. So, um, hopefully we'll see more decisions like that moving forward. I think, you know, with, with Telesco and with John Spanos, you know, running the personnel departments, they're always going to have a, you know, a strong say in who they're, who they're drafting and why. But if you want this to work, if you want Staley's schemes and ideas to work, you've got to let him shop for the groceries, so to speak. So hopefully that's a change that they, they gradually start making here, moving through the season and in next season. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the more they win, the more they got to give Staley more credit and more, uh, personnel decisions because I mean, what he's done with his team has been awesome for the first couple weeks. So I think eventually we'll get there. Uh, I do think he's hampered a little bit with the internal decisions, but I think it's coming soon. I mean, we we're seeing, we see touches of Staley here and there and uh, the returner is one of them, which we'll talk about in just a second. But um, yeah, I, it'll, it'll, it'll happen soon, especially if they start winning a lot more and it's Manny who asked it first. Thoughts on the new kick returner, Andre Roberts. I am such a fan of it. I mean, it, we we talked about it on After Hours when they played the Ravens. It was a mess. They were kicking the ball short because they knew K.J. Hill could not get to the 25. If they kicked it into the end zone, they would get an automatic 25 who'd take a knee. But they knew he couldn't get it there, so they're basically playing a field position game the entire game. And if you have to start back behind every time a returner touches the ball – that is an issue. And the fact that they uh, ripped that cord and KJ Hill's no longer that returner, and they've got an experienced returner, even though he's older now, uh, not what he used to be, uh, but has returner experience, still has speed. Um, I am absolutely loving that move. I, and they didn't have to give up a draft pick or anything. You know, when we were going to talk about these trades and stuff, I was going to be, I was going to be talking about returner and giving up, you know, a day three pick or two, not two, but giving up a day three early, maybe late for a kick returner, but they got it off the waiver. It was easy. And, uh, it, it was, it was the perfect move for me. I think it, an easy upgrade and helps out special teams and they don't have to play that, that whole field position game anymore on kickoffs. Yeah. I believe Roberts led the league in, in kick return average last year with 30 yards per kick return. He averaged right around 10 yards per punt return last year. Still explosive, still has that breakaway speed to be able to get out in space and and make big plays with his legs, which is huge. The blocking is going to have to get better on the special teams, but I think you've clearly made an upgrade in terms of personnel on the return and in the return man. You didn't have to give up a draft pick for it, you know. Like Garrett said, they picked up as off the waiver wire. Just a matter of swapping out an ineffective guy for a more effective guy should work out beautifully. Uh, the one thing to watch out for is Roberts has had some fumble issues. Uh, this season. So that's something they're going to have to monitor. But in terms of just playmaking ability from a kick and putt return, um, from a kick and putt return perspective, they got better. There's no doubt they got better. And I think uh, it's going to pay dividends pretty quickly with their ability to, to flip field positions when they need to. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. Instant upgrade. Corey, 
Which player is the biggest surprise and the biggest disappointment so far this year? Uh, surprise, I would say. I'll start I would say, because I've okay. got a surprise. Okay, sorry. I was going to, since you were thinking about it, surprise. we'll start with surprise. Surprise for me is probably Kaiser White because he was a guy who was on the end of the bench and now is one of their best linebackers, if not the best linebacker in that defense. Uh, the fact that they were able to get the most out of him and he's just playing electric right now might be one of the biggest surprises, and Mike Williams probably the next one in my mind. Yeah, I was going to throw Mike Williams out there. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great one. Um, also, even though I expected him to be good, I didn't expect him to be this good right away. I would say Rashawn Slater has been something a surprise, something of a surprise as yeah. arguably the best offensive rookie in the league or one of the top two or three at least. Uh -huh. Shutting down elite pass rushers pretty much every week, basically telling coaches – stop chipping on my side right. screwing me up. Just <laughs> yeah. let me do my thing. Get yeah. out of my way. Let me take clowning uh, out one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. To have that on the left side of the oh. line is huge. Um, to have Williams be a clear cut number one and be making the plays he's making is huge. Kaiser White's been amazing. I would also say a couple more surprises to throw out there. Nasir Adderley, his physical play with the exception of the Browns game, his physical play has been great. And Alohi Gilman's been a pleasant surprise in limited snaps in the secondary. All uh, right. Yeah, go ahead. A disappointment? So, yep. Mm -hmm. um, this is hard because I didn't really expect anything from him, but I think a lot of people did. I would say Jerry Tillery is a disappointment. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people figured that he would he would flourish in Brandon Staley's system, creating one-on-one -on -one matchups for him, getting him opportunities to get to the quarterback and affect the, the running game. It just isn't happening on a consistent basis. Really, his best game was against the Raiders, and I think they were playing two or three backup offensive linemen that week. So – he has not been very good as Tillery. I think he's been a major disappointment. Um, he, he's he's got to be the top disappointment so far. He's he's been tough uh, for me. I'll go I'll go different just so we're we're not doing the same one each time. Kenneth Murray's been a super big disappointment. I mean, not uh, I. Some expected a lot from him, but I expected Staley to be able to use that athleticism and turn him loose. And he is just—he's not even using as his athleticism to his advantage. He's slow to react, uh, not able to shed blocks. He's thinking too much out there. Obviously, a new system here with Staley, but he's been one of the bigger disappointments for me because he was the starter at a camp. I expected a lot out of him, and uh, there wasn't much. And now, I mean, he's the third best linebacker on this team currently, behind Tranquil and White. So, to me, that's a huge disappointment so far. Yeah, I mean, as a former first-round pick, I mean, I. That you traded up for? I, yeah, a, a, fir, a, for, a first round pick that you traded up for. Another guy that I didn't have huge hopes for this year. I didn't think he made the strides that people were saying he made towards the end of last year, at least not consistently. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have huge hopes for him, but he was he was pretty bad when he was on the field. Mm -hmm. uh, just not the reads just aren't as crisp as you'd like to see them. I keep using the phrase. It just seems like he's been stuck in the mud all year when he's been on the field. Just not moving quickly. Uh, not seeing things, not reacting, just just stuck thinking in yeah. a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. All right, Manny's got another question. Big loss by the Chiefs today. AFC, AFC feels like it's up for grabs because Ravens lost too today. Uh, are the Chiefs done? Do you think they're done? Three and four now, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> Three and under, four. Under 500, yeah. Yeah, I, I still don't think they're done. Mm -hmm. Um there's just so much to, their defense sucks. Their defense is terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's brutal yeah. Um, in every phase, but you got to figure Mahomes is going to figure some things out. Um, they're going to figure out a way to get Tyreek Hill involved again. 
Um, they're going to get on a hot streak here at some point and probably rattle off four or five wins in a row just because they're so talented. It's hard to see them not putting things together. Um, I think the Chargers are in a unique spot to lock up the division early if they can stay hot and keep winning games with the way their schedule is looking moving forward. Uh, but I, I would not count count Casey out. I just I, there's too much talent there. No. Andy Reid is too good of a coach. I think they'll figure that out. Yeah, I've I've said since the Chiefs signed uh, Andy Reid, he's good for 500 easy every time. He coaches a 500 football team and above always. So I I think uh, Andy Reid will turn this around. This offense is way too explosive. I know they've got some problems on the offensive line, but Mahomes making a lot of mistakes, gambling too much. I think once he settles down a little bit, uh, he'll be okay. And I don't think they're out. I don't think they're bad. Uh, I mean, they're currently not playing very good, but I think they'll turn it around here soon. But I mean, I, you just can't, you can't, you can't count out, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and say they're completely done. You can't write them off yet, but man, they got their ass handed to them today. And that was a really good team in Tennessee. So uh, Tennessee's playing really good and, you know, they just they ran into a buzzsaw this week, and, and they, not many teams can play ball can play ball control keep away like that with the with the the Chiefs Titans. Uh, like yeah. the Titans oh, can. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, just there just aren't many teams that are built to run the ball that way with a running back that size to wear you down. Um, so it's going to be hard for teams to duplicate that that game plan week in and week out. I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is an insult. Why does Garrett look like he's about to audition for a cologne commercial? That's just my face, man. I don't know what to I, tell you. I would say he always looks that way. <laughs> I don't know what you've been missing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Kwame. Uh, are you, uh, are you new here? Kwame? I don't, I don't recognize your name, but if you are welcome, buddy, if you're not, uh, good to have you back, uh, with Tranquil and Kaiser playing well at both the linebacker spots. Do you think Staley will put Murray at the edge? Like Parsons put, uh, like the Cowboys put Parsons at the edge. The pass rush needs major help. I, I will say that the Cowboys were down a lot of edge rushers that game, and they basically had to put Parsons there. He's not playing there now, so um, I don't think that's a, a current thing. But we've we've kind of touched on this a little bit that Murray might be better playing off the edge than he is standing up in the middle of the defense. Yeah, I mean that's something that we talked about when we were doing the coach. Um, the coach preview podcasts and when they hired Staley, we thought that was something that they would do because I think, well, again, going back to Murray's college film, I think the thing that made him the most attractive in terms of his on the field play was his ability to come off the edge and make impact plays attacking the line of scrimmage. And they've taken that away from him. So it doesn't seem like they're putting him in the best position to succeed. They're asking him to make reads. He's not really comfortable to make. So his struggles aren't entirely his fault. Um, and I do think at some point they're going to have to look at putting him on the edge because I'm not sure, uh, Nuosa is going to be back. I think Fackrell's here on a one, one year deal. Then all they've got left is Chris Rump. So I think they're going to have to start planning for the next three years. And Murray seems like a guy who would be a natural fit on the edge. You know, I've seen people say, well, he can't shed blockers. Why would you put him on the edge? Well, it's a different deal when you're attacking instead of sitting there waiting for the lineman to climb up to you and take your head off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not wrong. I mean, this pass rush definitely needs help. We, I mean, we're seeing the Ravens triple teamed both Joey Bosa, uh, knowing that Nwosu or Fackrell is not going to get much done on the other side. So yeah, I mean, they, they obviously need help there. And I, I don't think it's cool. I don't know if you can give up on Murray this, this early. You're talking about a season and a few games. 
into his second season. I, I just don't, I don't know if you can say, Hey, forget it. He's not a stand up linebacker at all. But I think at some point you have to go look at the athleticism and how he can get downhill quick when he's not having to think. And if you just point him at the quarterback and to go, I think that's basically his best position. I mean, when he's a blitzing linebacker, he's a totally different player than he is having to read and react to the run game or having to come back and play a nickel when he's playing soft. That He's a totally different player. But when you send him <coughs> after the quarterback, he looks like a completely different player. So, I mean, you know, at some point, you're going to have to do it because, you know, this, the coaching staff early on with guys like Achenna Wosu, who was like that Leo, Sam, and the Gus Bradley system, they learned early, like, he's not going to hang here. We got to just put him at Leo and let him go. And they have, he hasn't really stepped up so much this year, but you know, at some point you're going to have to start thinking about what to do with Murray. And uh, right now, I don't know if you can totally give up on him being an inside linebacker, but I, I totally get it. I mean, playing the edge could be a, a real strong suit for him. Yeah. I still think that's his landing spot. I just think they've got, they've got oh, eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why it's going to take two years to get there or longer. Yeah. It seems obvious, <laughs> but it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, Tyrell looking ahead. Who would you say is the stiffest competition in the AFC West? I'm looking at Ravens, Bengals, Titans. Uh, that's, that's a good three. And then uh, I think we actually match up nicely with the bells. I would say the Titans are the absolute worst matchup for the chargers. I mean, yeah. Anybody who can run the ball effectively with a big mauling running back and mm -hmm. come straight downhill at them is going to give them fits. With the above um, average offensive line. With the above it. average offensive mm -hmm. line. They've got great tight end play. Mm -hmm. um, they've got some solid wide receivers. And their quarterback, say what you will about him, he doesn't make mistakes, does Ryan Tannehill. So I think, uh, I think the Titans are going to be a huge matchup problem for them. I think based on what the Ravens defense did to the Chargers last week, I think you still have to say that, that that team poses a unique problem for them because they have so many different parts that they can blitz with and bring off the edge and use to create pressure. And they just they they put the Chargers in a stranglehold last week. So some big adjustments would have to be, have to be made to beat them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think uh, Titans are the stiffest competition in the AFC right now. Um, I mean, Ravens got beat today. Bengals looking pretty good, but... Uh, and I understand thinking you match up nicely with the bills. Cause you're basically just having to have a QB duel at that point. Cause you're not really worried about Zach Moss in the running game or Singletary. So I, I understand that I, I'm with you there, Tyrell on bills being the best matchup, but that's still a really good team. But the Titans, that's, that seems to be the real bad one for the chargers. That matchup is just awful with Derrick Henry in that offensive line with the way they're stopping the run right now, unless they can make a trade and just going back to the, the whole Chiefs thing. I mean, if the Chiefs can't figure it out and they're three and four right now, to be able to lock up the AFC West, because that's the only way you're going to be able to make the playoffs is to win your division. You can get in the wild card later, but you got to worry about winning the division right now. Why not make that move to propel yourself into making sure you can stop the run or, you know, take some of these other, maybe it's a right tackle. Maybe it's, you know, stopping the run. They got a returner, but why not make that move now? so that you can stop them now and, and kill that whole competition in the AFC West. All right. Uh, Corey asked about how your sinus infection is doing, Jamie. Are you, how are you feeling? Much better. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Brandon, any concern, uh, any concern with Keenan Allen and how he's being used? I feel like the routes he's running this year aren't necessarily using his strengths. How are you feeling about that? 
Um, I think any route is Keenan Allen's strength for the most part, unless you're sending him on a go route. The guy can run any route to precision, and he can – I think he can jock, fake just pretty much any corner out of his – out of his jock if he needs to. So I'm not too worried about the routes. I feel like they're, they're making such an effort to get the ball to Mike Williams at times that they're just losing track of Keenan and Keenan's getting open in the middle of the field and they're not finding him. And I, I have a feeling that that's, that's one of those things that I think they will fix um, this, during the bye week heading into next week. I think we're going to see them get the ball to Keenan in space more. Um, they're, you know, they're doing a lot of those smoke routes on second down, which I think is stalling a lot of their drives. Hopefully they'll get away from that, throw the ball a little bit more on first down to set up second and short second and medium. Um, but I, I think they're going to figure things out with Keenan. I, he's too good and too valuable to them. I think they're going to figure out a way to get him the ball more. Yeah. I, I understand the way he's been used the last two weeks and not getting the targets as much as he has, but going into week four, or five, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen were the best wide receiver duo in the NFL. So he was being utilized. It was, it's not, I, I understand we've got short memories and stuff, but this entire year hasn't been an issue with Keenan Allen. He's been getting plays. He's been getting, uh, he's been, he was key on third downs, uh, getting some a touchdown pass or two. He's been good throughout this year, but um, I, I'm not, I'm not concerned yet. Um, I think they just had a bad game last week. And I just think that, like you said, there were some times where Keenan Allen was open and Justin Herbert just couldn't find him, whether it's the pressure or he looking the, he's looking the other way. I, I don't have any issues with the way he's being used right now, and I think eventually they'll find him. He'll probably start this week against New England. I, I'm not I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, I think um I think, you know, if you look at the Ravens game, that's where they really had a hard time getting the ball to him. Oh yeah. And it seemed like the Ravens were switching coverages up. They were showing one type of coverage and then switching and disguising really well. And it did just didn't seem like the chargers were prepared for that. And I thought Herbert was really just getting stuck on his initial read and having a hard time getting through his progressions. And as the pressure started coming, obviously he had less and less time to get to his progression. So um, I just, I think they just ran into a buzzsaw. I think the Ravens were uniquely well-prepared for the chargers. Yep, They had that big physical corner on the outside who could hang with Mike Williams physically um, and they were able to disguise coverages and blitzes really well. They confused, they showed Herbert a lot of things he had not seen and it confused him and they beat him Yeah, and it happens. And that's part of the growing process of being an elite quarterback. I think they'll figure that stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely will. He'll be, he'll be fine. No worries, Brandon. Uh, Nick, uh, we're going to answer your question by not answering your question. We got a podcast coming out in a couple days and we'll answer this first trade we'll make because there are trades that Jamie and I have that we will talk about in a little and uh, this week. So, so not yet. Uh, are you worried about the Raiders? Looks like they're about to win today if they haven't already. So they will be five and two. You worried about them at all? Not really. Um, they're playing well, but I think outside of the Ravens, I don't think they've really beat a particularly good football team yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you can still get to Derek Carr. I think their defense is such that you can still get to them in the middle of the field when you need to. Um, I don't think that defense is going to hold up all year with the guys that are running out there at corner. Uh, I I think they'll level off. I think they're kind of rallying around Basaccia um, right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think some of that steam will wear off, and, and they'll kind of level off here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you see that a lot with teams where they rally around the position coach and uh, win a couple games for them. But, yeah, I mean – 
they're still the Raiders. I mean, I know they've played pretty well, but the Chargers handled them nicely when they played them the first time. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. I think this is kind of the mirage we saw with the Broncos early on and kind of the, the Raiders when they went undefeated. They're just going to – they'll probably finish a 500 later this year, maybe a game or two over. But, no, I'm not too worried about the Raiders. I still think the Chargers match up nicely. Uh, they were able to hold – I mean, they have they had Josh Jacobs that game, and they held him to like 40 yards rushing. So, no, they had their number uh, uh, the last time they played him, and I'm not too worried about that whole Las Vegas team. I, I understand they're kind of playing with a little bit of spark, but no. I'm not too worried about the Raiders. I'm more worried about the Chiefs, even though they're three and four right now. Uh, let's see. There's uh, what do you think about this? You ready to watch Telesco let an opportunity to pounce past the team by fellas? I'm expecting it. I know. Hey, good to see you, Craig. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. I just don't. Telesco hasn't made those moves, and uh, this is a real, real shot to nail down that AFC West by just making a move and getting somebody to help out on that interior to stop the run. <clears throat> And here they are. They're primed to do it. They've got the draft picks to do it, and that window is closing. I mean, when you think about next year and Mike Williams not being here and all the other things that could happen later on, I mean, this they are off to a 4-2 start. They've got a cush schedule going forward, like fourth or fifth soft schedule going forward for the rest of the year. They can really make some noise, and they could stop the run, make a playoff run, make a statement <coughs> by making a move. And... I don't expect them to. Yeah, I, I think they're going to convince themselves that Andre Roberts fixed everything and that <laughs> Justin Jones is going to come in and make everybody around him better magically. And I don't think they're going to make a move. I'll, I'll be thrilled if they do. Uh, it's just not. Oh, yeah. I just don't think it's in their DNA. You know, they. I don't think they want to take Jerry Tillery off the field, even as bad as he's been for most of the season. Um, yeah, I I think they're, you know, adding Jones is going to lengthen that rotation a little bit. It'll probably take Christian Covington off the field, which is he's already playing more snaps than they want him to. But I do not think they're they're going to make a trade. It just doesn't seem like it's it's Telesco's way. No. Mm -mm. Uh, Josh Steinbeck. Hey, fellas, do you feel Tom Telesco is more pressured than ever to make a trade before the deadline? Don't think we've ever been in this situation where we should midseason. True. We haven't been in the situation. Do you think there's more pressure on Telesco to do it? I don't think he's feeling any pressure. Uh, I think he looks at it as we have a quarterback on his rookie contract. We've still got two more years left on that rookie contract. We were probably a year ahead of schedule compared to where they thought they were going to be when they hired it, when they got rid of Anthony Lynn and hired Brandon Staley. Uh, and I think they probably feel like they're going to get healthy and go on a run and, they don't need to make any moves. So I, I don't I don't think Telesco's feeling any pressure. I think they're thrilled with where they are right now, even with the defense being as bad as it is. And I, I don't think they're gonna look to make any changes. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that uh Telesco thinks that they're off to such a hot start that they could just ride it out for the rest of the year. But I think everybody else knows that they are a true interior defensive run stopper away from really making noise at the top of the AFC. I think they're two interior run well, stoppers away. Well, for sure, but you can't I don't know if they can trade for two at the trade deadline. But yes, absolutely. They've been two defensive tackles away for how long, Jamie? Long time. <laughs> That's ain't that the truth. Uh Jason P, what did the Bengals do today that we couldn't the Chargers versus the Ravens? 
They scored points. They scored a lot of points, yes. And they also stopped the run game like crazy. Lamar Jackson was the leading rusher for the Ravens. I think uh, Dante Freeman only had like 40 yards or something on the ground. They like they did really good stopping the run, and they were able to contain Lamar Jackson and the uh, passing game, and the Chargers could not. So, And they put up a ton of points to Jamie's yep. point. <laughs> they threw the ball all over the place. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, sorry, scroll too far. I'll get there. Are we going undefeated in the division? If not, who are we losing to? Do you think the Chargers go undefeated six and zero? No, I don't. And I know people are going to say I'm being pessimistic, but I just think it's too hard to go undefeated in your division. Mm -hmm. Um, somebody's going to sneak up and and steal one from you. I I would say Kansas City is probably the most likely team to beat them when they play them later in the year. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's always the possibility for that unexpected loss to a lousy team like the Broncos, um, <laughs> like the Broncos that you're just not expecting. Hey, Broncos are three and four and so are the chiefs. So, I mean, maybe give Denver a little credit. No. Okay. They, suck. <laughs> they do. They do. Yes. But I think, no, I don't think they're going undefeated. I think they, I think the Raiders or chiefs take one. And I think they probably finish like five and one or Two, four, six, yeah, five and one. But yeah, I mean that it's always tough when you're in your division. Let's see here. Can Staley do the impossible and get this run D around 20 ranked? No. Yeah, it's gonna not with the current personnel. They would need to add at least one more defensive tackle, if not two, um, for that to be a possibility. They just don't have the personnel to do it right now. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Trade for Hicks, sign Lambo, and Merciless Chargers' weaknesses are looking better. Um, I like two of those suggestions. I mean, I, I'd be okay with two of those suggestions. I mean, I, I, I said this on Twitter earlier in the week. I don't know, I don't know why the the Bears would trade Hicks aside from the fact that he doesn't want to be there. I know his contract is up, but NFL teams usually prefer to bleed guys dry rather than trading them to get something before they leave for nothing. Um. They're, they they probably still have a shot to win a wild card if they get hot. I don't know that they're going to be in a position in the next two weeks to feel like they need to be sellers and get rid of Hicks unless he just makes things so uncomfortable for them that they just feel like they're better off without him. Lambo, I'd be okay with, and Merciless already signed with Green Bay. So yep. that's not an option. Nope. No, Merciless not an option. Uh, I would go with that Redskins kicker, which uh, name escapes me now. Uh, Hopkins. Dustin Hopkins. I would go with the Redskins kicker over Lambeau. And yeah, I mean, listen, the the Bears lost 38 to 3 today to the Bucks. So they're 3 and 4 but still not completely out of it. So I don't know if Hicks is really uh in the cards right now. I think you got to go to like a lot of these, you know, bottom seller teams like the Jags and the Texans and guys like that, teams like that and try to steal away a uh interior defensive lineman. So and they, and they got a rookie quarterback. So do you want to, you know, leave them high and dry like that? I, I don't know if you want to do that quite yet. So Hicks, a possibility. I mean, listen, if they could get Hicks, it's an instant upgrade. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <coughs> Lambo is obviously better than Viscano, who they have now. Merciless isn't an option, but I mean, it makes sense. If they did it, I wouldn't be mad, but um, I don't know the possibility, the true possibility of getting Akeem Hicks. 
Um, and to me, I'd, I'd prefer Dustin Hopkins over Josh Lambeau, but listen, bring the Lambeau back and you'd be better than Viscano at this point. Am I on mine? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, next question. Uh, here we go. Does Roberts eventually get any real playing time on offense? Guyton hasn't been good enough, and we could use a burner on the outside. Boy, you're reading my mind. Yeah. I don't think he's going to get playing time on offense. Um, I just don't think he offers that much as a wide receiver right now. I think he's there strictly to return punts and kicks. And I think what we're going to probably see here in the next couple of weeks is the snaps for Joshua Palmer start to increase a little bit to try to get him more involved in the passing game. Um, they started to try to sprinkle him in a little bit more against the Ravens. And I think with two weeks to get ready, they'll probably throw some more plays in there for him and try to get him the ball a little bit more. I just... I don't think Guyton's the answer. I know people love Guyton because he's fast. He's a straight line burner. Uh, there's no wiggle there. The hands are awful. He was involved in two of their um, their illegal motion penalties early in the year. Uh, outside cost of them points. Yep, cost him points. Mm -hmm. Outside of one or two jet sweeps that were among the slowest jet sweeps I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> That's um, what I was gonna get to. Yeah, yeah. I just I I just don't know what what Guyton offers. Nobody's scared of him as a wide receiver, so he's not taking the top off the defense. And I don't, I just don't, I don't think they'll throw Roberts out there. I don't think that's the direction they're ready to go in. I think it's going to take a little time, but I think when you start throwing in those jet sweeps, you got to get a guy like Andre Roberts involved instead of Jalen Guyton. Um, I, I do agree that Joshua Palmer is definitely going to get his reps upped, like we saw against Baltimore. But um, man, I mean, when you add speed like that, it's hard to keep him off the field. Not that they're going to start him as a wide receiver three, but at least get him a handful of snaps to maybe some misdirection, maybe just out there as a decoy. But if you want speed, that whole end around to Jalen Guyton does not work. I take that back. It did work once. There was great blocking out in front of him. But if you got a guy like Andre Roberts, that probably could have been taken to the house. So I, I say they mix him in, but definitely not wide receiver three yet. How are you feeling about the Patriots? You scared? Who did the Patriots beat this week? The Jets, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, that I don't know. I I, <laughs> I don't think the Patriots are that good. I think they beat up on a bad team. Did did Zach Wilson get benched or did he get hurt? Did he got know? hurt. It was a he PCL. Mm -hmm. It was a PCL. Yeah, that's what they were talking about after the game. Okay. Um, yeah, it was the Jets. They won fifty-four to thirteen. Yeah, that's bad. Um, that's quite the ass kicking. That's. Uh. That reminds me of last year. What was it? 45, nothing. That was painful. 
Um, I still don't think the Patriots are that good. I think they're beating up on bad teams for the most part. I know they had one well-played game um, against Tampa, but who better to game plan against Tom Brady than Bill Belichick? So mm-hmm. I think the Chargers find a way to win that game. It might not be as pretty as we want it to be. They might There might be some struggles in there, but I think the Chargers figure out a way to win it. Yeah, I do too. Uh, we we had kind of talked about it, and we were wrong on our first one because we thought they would beat the Ravens, and they did not in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, this matchup is a little bit worse than it was when we talked about that. I think uh, Damian Harris has been just on a tear recently, and that is going to be a real issue for the Chargers going into that game on Sunday. But if they can stop Damian Harris and try to have Mac hurt them, I, I just I don't think I don't see how the Patriots win that game. So. I think the Chargers still end up winning, but I do think it's a harder matchup. And I, I mean, let's be honest: the Jets are terrible. And who did they? Who backed up Zach Wilson? Max? Somebody? I, don't, I couldn't even remember who it was. Um, or is it Mike White? Was that who? It was? Mike White. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't good. Their defense sucks. So I mean, Zach Wilson was like the true, like bright spot outside of maybe a little bit of Corey Davis. But yeah, Jets stink. And the Patriots beat up on them, and the and the Jets were without one of their best players, in their rookie quarterback that was okay at times. So, I am I wouldn't say I'm more scared, but I do think they are better than they were a couple weeks ago. But I still think the Chargers find a way to beat them. So thank you, Ivan, for the question. Uh, let's see. Does it matter who they get at kicker if the right side blocking sucks? Jamie, you talk about this all the time. That right yeah. side is an issue. That right side is a big problem. It's been a problem since week one, and they haven't made the adjustment. So it really doesn't matter who they get at kicker if they aren't able to fix the right side. And that's one of those, as well as Brandon Staley has done with the fourth down calls and some of the tempo things they've done with the offense, and they've done a good job of fixing the red zone offense after the first couple weeks. That seems like such a glaring thing to me that's so easy to see on film. I just can't fathom how that hasn't been fixed yet. So I got to think with two weeks, they're probably going to make some lineup changes and figure out how to get that fixed. But that definitely needs to get corrected because there, I mean, there's a threat of having a kick blocked almost every PAT or field goal attempt based on the way Parm and Pip, uh, and Pipkins are blocking mm-hmm. on the right side. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it stinks. But uh, yeah, I think it makes a huge difference. Uh, a kick hasn't been blocked yet. So yeah, I think a kicker makes a, a huge difference. Armand Polat. Any chance the Chargers end up trading Joshua Kelly? I've I've thought about this. Seems kind of dumb to keep four running backs at the moment. Uh, you're right about that. They don't know who to make active and inactive every Sunday. They're kind of playing that guessing game. I would be so up for trading Joshua Kelly. I don't think Telesco does, but I would I would 100% trade Kelly for a day three pick. I don't think they're trading him. I think they are. It seems like he's in the lineup for good now. Um, yeah. It seems like they've, they've, there's some frustrations there with Larry Roundtree. Um, and I think they like the idea of having four backs in a COVID age where somebody could get sick off of a hat. You want somebody who you think is quote unquote capable, even though Kelly isn't, um, to step in and, and <laughs> fill in if somebody gets sick. So it seems like they're, they're committed to keeping Kelly. If you're um, GM, would you trade Joshua Kelly? If I was GM, yeah. Well, I'd have to find, like Nick said, I'd have to find somebody who wanted him, and I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> but if I could find somebody who wanted him, yeah, I'd trade him for 
a bag of footballs if I could. <laughs> I I agree. I don't know that there's a trade partner, but if you think that he was a somewhat high draft pick, uh, maybe some team thinks they can turn him around. I don't know. But no, I don't think there's anybody out there. But if I were GM, I'm making that trade every day. I just don't think they're going to do it. Uh, let's see. Do you, So we've talked about this before with uh, Nick, different Nick. Nick number two or Nick whatever. Nick number one. I'll call him Nick one. Nick number one uh, says Chargers need a lead running back. And I think uh, we've talked about this before, but I don't think the Chargers need a lead running back. I don't think they need that 100-yard plotter that we're used to seeing in the NFL. I think it's a new age. I think that the Chargers, uh, Austin Eckler currently is enough of a threat to run the ball to keep defenses honest. He's quick enough. He can grind out yards. He can get your first down. But you don't need a Derrick Henry-type running back in this age of the NFL anymore. He is versatile enough to be able to be a receiver out of the backfield. And I just don't think you need that first down, second down plotter, then third down specialist running back. You don't need that anymore. I think Eckler is just fine. And uh, I think he helps the offense tick. And I don't like getting a guy who's a more power back on first and second down right now. I mean, if you're talking about training or anything, but forget trading. Trading is out of the picture. But uh, I don't think the Chargers need a lead running back. I think they have a lead running back. His name is Austin Eckler. I mean, he closed out the, the Washington game, basically running the ball down their throats. Um, the Raider game. Closed out the Raider game. Mm-hmm. They've had a lot of success running the ball with him in the fourth quarter. He's been really effective in the red zone. I think Eckler is fine right where he is. I think the bigger issue is they don't have a whole lot of capable depth behind him. Um, Justin Jackson can't stay healthy. Kelly, who we talked about, just is not very good. Roundtree seems to have lost his spot in the rotation. So they just don't have a lot of depth to keep him fresh. Uh, but I think, you know, if you're talking about giving Eckler 15 to 20 carries and another f- five to eight receptions every week, um, I think you're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, I missed it. Let's see. I was just going to. I missed the question. Oh, when do you expect anything from Joe Reed? I mean, there's got to be a slew of injuries to expect anything from Joe Reed. Do you expect anything? No, I mean, this was his chance. If they were ever yeah. going to to bring him up and, and give him a shot to return, at least return kicks and punts, mm-hmm. this was his chance with KJ Hill sucking beyond all suckage. <laughs> uh, but they, they don't seem to trust him. I, I'm not sure if he's still hurt or if the coaches just don't feel like he can stay healthy or – he doesn't, he's not valuable enough as a wide receiver, as a route runner to have him on the depth chart, but they just don't mm-hmm. seem to trust him. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. No, no, I don't think so either. I don't think we see any of uh, Joe Reed. And I think unless another a major injury happens, I don't know if we see a, a lot of KJ Hill going forward either. This, I mean, they, they both got their chances, in, whether it was in training camp in the game or not, and they just didn't answer the call. Uh, let's see. ESPN is suggesting the Chargers trade a fifth-round pick and Trey Pipkins for Young Way Koo. I feel like that'd be the biggest robbery since Kwame Brown for Pau Gasol. Good throwback, good call, and yeah, dude. How? I mean, who puts any value on Trey Pipkins? Maybe because he's got a third-round pick attached to him, <coughs> and he's got that draft position. Or because he plays him. tackle. Yeah, I, I guess. Somebody maybe. who hasn't watched him play, clearly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would I would 100%, 100% take that trade. 
every day of the week, uh, a fifth round pick. Uh, yeah, no, I would, I would do that for sure. That's very lopsided. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know why the Falcons would do that. Um, no. Yeah, I read that this week, and my first thought was that person's never seen Trey Pipkins. <laughs> Trey Pipkins play football. Yeah, that's what I thought too. That's exactly what I thought. So you haven't watched Trey Pipkins play football. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I mean, listen, ESPN can suggest what they want. And uh, I, I would take that trade hundred percent if they ever did it. Um, okay. So we'll probably wrap this up pretty early. So if you guys want uh, any other questions, just rapid fire them here and we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and answer them. And then don't forget, we'll do a, um, all the trade targets later this week of guys that we think the Chargers should trade for to help out. Um, let's see. I'll see if I missed anything. Let's see. But I think I got it all. I saw Craig and a few other people throw out uh, Christian Wilkins from the Dolphins as a trade candidate. Oh. Mm -hmm. um, is that something that you feel is realistic? You know, I think at this point, I think the Dolphins, because they lost again today, right? They're one and six. They have got to be sellers at this point. Do I think it's realistic? Probably not, but a guy would definitely take, and I think would definitely upgrade this uh, defensive tackle group. I think we'd all take them. Yeah. You know, you and I both loved him in the draft process. Mm -hmm. I guess I, what I'm thinking more along the lines is he's only 26. Uh, I don't think he's that expensive right now. He's he might be coming up for a second contract here pretty soon. Yeah, I was just gonna look that up. Yeah. Um, but if they're look if the Dolphins are looking to rebuild, wouldn't they want to hang on to a twenty six year old stud defensive tackle? Um, I don't know. I, I I'm just not sure why they would want to trade him, but I guess it's a possibility. Yeah. It'd so be fun he's, though. Yeah, he's under contract till twenty twenty two. So he. He'd be a year and a half rental and then look for a contract in 2023. Yeah, he would be fun. I would love Christian Wilkins. In the he would open up defensive tackle and defensive end rotations, give yeah. them opportunities to create mismatches and maybe not have Bosa double and triple teamed every play. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love, I love that idea. I don't know how willing they're, uh, the Dolphins are to move him, but. I mean, if they're like full-on sellers and they trade Tua, I mean, I mean, maybe they're looking to offload some other guys. But he's not making enough money to really make a dent. I mean, why are you getting rid of? I think his contract said he's going to make like two plus million next year. So, like, what would be the point of moving him? It's not like he's taking a big chunk of the. That's kind of what I was payroll. getting at. You yeah. Know, usually, if you're looking to move guys at the deadline and you're a seller, it's because they're expensive and they're over 30 years old and they're just not in your long-term plans. Maybe their contract is up and you just think they're on their last legs. And I don't think Wilkins fits in that description. You'd think they'd be looking to lock him up and have him be the centerpiece of the defense moving forward, not just dump him for a pick um, unless they were, you know, robbing somebody blind for a first round pick or something. Yeah. I, cause I've heard like Sheldon Richardson, who I guess hasn't had a very good year. Was it Sheldon Richardson? Sheldon no. Rankins? No. Anyway, uh, it's the Jets. Who am I thinking of? Anyway, I miss it. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, so you'd, you'd think it's more of a – was it Leonard Williams? Leonard Williams is with the Giants now, but yeah, he's somebody no. that people have been throwing out there too. Yeah, maybe it was Leonard Williams I was thinking of. 
where he, you know, a guy who signed a big contract uh, hasn't lived up to it and the Giants aren't good, so they want to trade him. That would make more sense. Uh, okay, a couple questions. Blazing Bolts, Herbert for MVP? I say at this point, no. Not right now. Yeah. He's they falling need to go back on a huge back. run. And they could. This this schedule isn't isn't that tight. This could happen. I, I say right now, no. Kwame, again, re-sign Mike Will or sign Devontae Adams in the offseason? Gun to your head. Devontae Adams. And I'm living I mean, and I've... Yeah. You got to re-sign one of them. Yeah. Gun if to your you got to sign one of them, then I would take Devontae Adams. But there's that whole, you know, don't spend money on free agent wide receiver rule. Jamie, Kwame's putting, putting a gun to your head. You see the end of that question, right? You don't I get to... I just dodged the gun. <laughs> <laughs> Look, <laughs> that's it. You don't have any move you're doing with it. You're just moving your head and you think, oh shit, I missed him. Oh, okay. Well, I missed him. Oh, well, I I'm won't sneaky fast. <laughs> <laughs> He's still got the gun though. You haven't like disarmed him or anything. You just moved your head out of the way. I dodged the bullet. You got, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, you're saying he shot and he moved. Okay. Got it. So, all right. You have to make a choice. Resign Mike Williams, sign Devonte Adams. Who are you signing? I said if I had to make a choice, I would sign Adams. Okay. All right. And how do you feel about Brandon Cooks? He makes sense. I mean, he's he's got the speed they need to take the top off the defense. Um, you could probably get him for minimal draft consideration just because he's been around the block so many times. Um, he would probably – and, you know – the Texans aren't very smart and they make bad moves all the time. So you'd think you could probably get him for <laughs> dirt cheap. And he'd I mean, help. They're, yeah. They're, they gotta be sellers right now. I mean, they are, let's see uh, with Deshaun Watson. What are they at right now? They're at one and one and five. Yeah. They're terrible. They, yeah. They are terrible. Um, let's see. And Manny, yes. Quentin Williams was uh, the guy we were talking about. Uh, they made the move to get Roberts during the bye week Why haven't they tried to bring in Dustin Hopkins? For Viscano. It sounds like they're committed to Viscano. They like his strong leg and they want to give him a chance to get in a rhythm. And, you know, fixing the blocking on the right side might help with that. I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Mitch, last question. Which jigsaw trap would you choose to die in? God, I wish I knew all the jigsaw traps. Were you a fan of the Saw series, Jamie, at all? Um, yeah, I like the first couple movies, but I haven't seen one in quite a while. Yeah, I think I got up to Saw 3 or 4. How many are there? There are so many. There's like prequels, and they, I mean, they fucking squeeze that franchise dry. <laughs> um, and I wish I had an answer for this, because this is a great question. I need a list of jigsaw traps that we would die in. So, Mitch, if you've got them, send it to him send it to us so I could, uh, so we could tell you, cause there's some great ones. I'm just trying to remember. Uh, so we'll do this to M. Woe. Do you guys think we need a one tech defensive lineman because Joseph's old and it will fix the run D? Um, I don't know that an old school one tech is what Brandon Staley wants in this system. Really? I think what you're looking for is probably more of a three or a four, and probably two of them, uh, guys who can more get up field and penetrate and disrupt as opposed to your stereotypical, you know, lane gap plugger, lane plugger, mm -hmm. whatever, yeah. taking on double teams. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one real valuable 
zero tech in my mind, and that's Vita Vea. Like there just isn't that guy that can do more than that. But yeah, no, I don't think uh, they're a one tech away. I think they need a bigger defensive tackle. I just don't think that zero one tech defensive lineman is much of what they need at the moment. I think I, yeah, and and you're right. Joseph is old, and they'll have to go away from him next year. But for right now, Joseph's just been enough, and he's been fine. Well, he hasn't been enough. Well, but. I mean, uh, what what can you do? They they can't get better, and I just don't want. They they can't trade for a zero one tech run stuffer. That wouldn't help. Uh, let's see, Manny. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate you and everybody else tuning in. What do you think about this last one? Chargers were thinking about drafting Taven Bryan with Derwin James. It was down to Taven Bryan and Derwin James. They went Derwin James. There were talks, according to Kyle Posey, that they're going to trade back in to get Taven Bryan. Because the Jaguars are so bad, would you trade for Taven Bryan? I don't know how much I've seen Taven Bryan play in the last three or four years. Uh, you know why? Just... Because he stinks. And the answer is no. <laughs> That's why you haven't seen him. He's That's not where good. I was going to go with that. Yeah. But... <laughs> you haven't seen him. He's been on the field. You just haven't seen him. Yeah, no, he's not good enough to trade for. They need a they need a bigger upgrade than that. Uh, and that's going to do it for us, guys. Thanks for coming in, the live Q&A, talking bye week. Coming up soon, we're going to do our trades. We're going to uh, talk about maybe our top five trades we'll do, we would like to do. We'll, we'll, we'll plan it out before then. But we've got trades coming up. Uh, make sure you subscribe on YouTube. we got some fun things coming up. Uh, regarding a Patreon and such. So uh, look for that. Of course, Jamie's at Landing underscore round. I'm at Gary Sisti. Thanks for coming on. Make sure you subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.